a big three points at stake. Uh, that's the main focus for us. We, we understand it'll be a tough game. I think last time we went here, we, we dropped a couple of points. There are a couple of reasons why you know we, we're, we're a little bit inconsistent in terms of the way we're playing. This is the Go Radio Football Show podcast. Hosted by Rob McLean, Mark Guidi and Davey Proven. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! Well, Callum McGregor might be on an ever-expanding Celtic injury list, but the club captain announced this afternoon that he's extending his stay already under contract until 2024. McGregor has agreed to extend the deal by another couple of years. Is that a much-needed thread of continuity, Davy Proven, in a period of transition for your old team? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I, I think it's a good deal, first and foremost, for, for Callum at his age to, to get an extension of that type. But it's also a great deal for Celtic. I mean, he is the heartbeat uh, of that dressing room now, as far as I can see. Um, I think he's adapted really well to the responsibility of replacing Scott Brown, and it's a good deal all round. Rangers are going to be without injured Ryan Kent for another four weeks after the next international break seems the best Stephen Gerrard can hope for. There's good news about another Ryan, Ryan Jack, who should be back on the training pitch inside a couple of weeks. Uh, so Mark Weedy, Rangers will warmly welcome Ryan Jack back, won't they? Yeah, Ryan Jack's a, a pivotal player for what Stephen Gerrard and his, his team try to do um, every week. But I think he's another one who's not hit the heights yet. Rob, he's not found that level of consistency and um, you know tomorrow if he starts the game if he's fit and ready then perfect opportunity tough game at Dens Park Rangers top of the table and they want to stay there you know come five o'clock uh, tomorrow night and in order to do so the likes of Ryan Kent will need to be um, in top four and Stephen Gerrard and Gary McAllister you can tell with some of their comments a wee bit frustrated with some of their players and they're looking for more and it's just getting more um, out of them so, Mark Weedy, Davey Proven, Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show uh, for a Friday. And you too on 0808 17 17 700. Text Go on your message to 87474 on the socials at Go Football Show. We know now who will be, who are in the League Cup semi-finals, the Premier Sports Cup semi-finals. Rangers against Hibs, Celtic against St Johnston. No great surprises uh, during the week. And here we go. Uh into another Premiership weekend. Uh, news today that uh, Dundee striker Lee Griffiths has been charged by Police Scotland in relation to what's described as culpable and reckless conduct after apparently kicking a flare into a stand of fans. The incident happened in his team's League Cup quarter-final defeat by St Johnston on Wednesday. The on-loan Celtic striker apologised on Thursday and was charged this morning after he arrived for training. Uh, Dundee play Rangers in the Premiership tomorrow. Uh, Police Scotland said a 31-year-old man's been charged in relation to culpable and reckless conduct following an incident at Dens Park Dundee on Wednesday, the 22nd of September. A report will be submitted to the Procurator Fiscal. No other arrests have been made, but inquiries into the matter are ongoing. Uh, Griffiths had described the incident as regrettable, adding, my intention was just to remove it from the pitch. I'd like to apologise for any distress caused by this action. Uh, he returned to Dundee on loan from Celtic late last month, having originally played uh, for Dundee, of course, uh, between 2009 and 2011. So that is the state of play. 
Um, as we said right at the top of the show, uh, Callum McGregor is going to extend his stay at Celtic. He was already there till 2024. It's going to be uh, 2026 now, and you would imagine a, a healthy pay rise as well. Absolutely delighted. Um, you know, a proud moment again to, to extend my stay here at the club. You know, the club's very close to my heart. Uh, I've been here for a number of years now, and, you know, I'm happy here. I love my football um, representing this club, and, and, you know, I want to stay here for as long as I can. So, more on that to come. Let's get Callum involved in the discussion. Hi, Callum. Hi, guys. Um, hope you're doing well. Um, I enjoyed the, the League Cup games this week. I think the, the semi-final lineup um is, 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 is really exciting. I think Celtic St. Johnson will be a really intriguing game. St. Johnson, obviously, are the team with the momentum at Hamden in recent times. And I think uh, Rangers versus Hibs is also going to be a, a, another fascinating matchup. But I think going into this weekend's games... Good news for Celtic this week with the Callum McGregor news, as you've just said, Rob. Also, I think very good news for Rangers with the Glenn Kamara news of him signing a new contract. And I fully expect both clubs to, to win against the two Dundee sides this weekend. I think you mentioned Lee Griffith's situation without obviously comment on the incident itself. It's the last thing Dundee needs after a derby defeat and a defeat to St. Johnston in midweek. So I would fully expect Rangers to go there and I think win by at least two goals. I'm not saying it'll be a, a walk in the park for them, but I would expect them to win pretty comfortably in the end because I just think it's been a pretty grim time for Dundee in the last week or so, and, and I fully expect Rangers to continue that. Whereas, on the other hand, Celtic at home are a far better side than they are away, as the stats show. And I thought James McCarthy last night played very well. People will be saying, OK, maybe it's, it's just against Ray Throvers in the Championship, but I thought he was, he was a lot better last night than he was at Livingston at the weekend, where he looked very, very poor. Davey, what strikes me about the, the League Cup semi-final lineup is that under normal circumstances, we'd be saying, all right, that, that clears the way then for a, an old firm final. Yeah. I don't think we're, we're really necessarily thinking along those lines. Celtic have got loads of injury issues at the moment, obviously, half a team missing. Rangers uh, ha are far from firing on all cylinders. Mm -hmm. the, the, the claims of St Johnston and Hibbs to a place in the final seem pretty solid as well. Well, you know, both of these clubs are now very familiar with Hamden. I, I think a, a few years ago, you know, Celtic would have been saying, we'll take St. Johnson. You know, that, that would be the dream draw. And for long enough, St. Johnson were regarded as one of our minnow clubs. You know, a, a, a club that was almost a buy into the next round for, for the old firm. Not now. Not now. Yeah. Um, how, how they've done it, I've no idea. Obviously, a, a heck of a lot of the, the credit goes to Callum Davidson, but... You know, he's got a proper side there now. And, you know, if, if Celtic aren't right at it, um, you, you know, I, I don't even think it would be a shock if St. Johnson no. was to win that game. They've come on so much, you know, they've made so much progress. And you look at Hibs as well, Mark, and they're a point off the pace in the Premiership at the moment. They're unbeaten so far in the league. Um, um, and they put Dundee United away pretty effectively, didn't they, last night? Yeah, it was a tricky tie at Tannadice on, on paper, but they managed to, you know, get the three-goal lead and never looked back and that's you know one thing about Jack Ross they got to um, a cup final um, and a, a semi-final last season and they wanted to go and win a cup like Rangers they wanted to go and win a cup like Celtic trophyless last season so um, that's the aim of, of Jack Ross I think both ties are right absolute crackers um, you'd make Celtic 60-40 favourites Rangers probably the same but ties are eight weeks away so a lot can happen, injuries, suspensions, Celtic and Rangers in the middle of heavy European campaigns um, as well, around about that time, going into the, the, the semi-final. So by no means is it a gimme for Celtic uh, or Rangers. One thing 
we know about St Johnson. If you are to beat St Johnson, you have to be right at it. Um, and the good thing for Callum Davidson and his players is that nobody's mentioning Jason Kerr or Ali McCann anymore. When you look at Effie Ambrose, slotted in seamlessly well. Terrific two clean sheets Saturday at Petaudry, um, the other night at Dens Park. Ali Crawford on the score sheet, attacking midfielder. Um, so you, you look at that and that's great credit to them. And for Hibs, keeping the likes of Martin Boyle, resisting the temptation to, to sell, getting him um, on a new deal. And when he's on song, he is absolutely unstoppable. So two really exciting semi-finals, great for the competition. Callum, you're predicting uh, pretty comfortable Rangers and Celtic wins at the weekend. Let's have a quick listen to Stephen Gerrard talking today about his squad and how he feels they're shaping after a sticky start. Well, look, we're always striving to get better. Um, even even last year when we were uh, in good form, we were always still looking to tweak and improve. And we're always going to drive these players individually and collectively. We, we're not going to come off them. Um, we've got a real good group who who have settled down. You know, it was tough at the beginning of the season with people returning at different times and we had some COVID issues, some injuries. But the squad's just settling down a little bit now. Um, we're, we're healthy after midweek's game. We've got no new injuries to report. So uh, things are settling a little bit. And, um, you know, we're, we're top of the league. We're in the last four. And the boys are doing OK, but I still feel we, we've got another level to go into, which is a real good place for me to be in. Callum, there's not much doubt that, that, that Rangers are are far from top gear at the moment, but there's, there, there just sounds to be a, a bit of growing confidence about Steven Gerrard, but maybe they're about to embark on a run. And actually, when you look back at recent games, they've only lost one in nine, and that was Leon. Well, as you say, Rob, they, they're a team that don't lose too many football matches. Obviously, they lost to Dundee United uh, earlier in the season, but they're the team that are capable of at least getting a draw when they're having a, a poor day. And I think over the course of a season, that's something that that all teams that are wanting to win titles need to be able to do. You need to be able to, put, to, to grind a result out even if you're not playing particularly well. And and that kind of leads me on to another point I'd like to make about Aberdeen. They're obviously playing um, St Mirren this weekend. I think that's a crucial game for Stephen Glass. I listened to an interview he um, conducted this week with Graham Hunter. I thought it was a, a fascinating listen. I think Stephen Glass as a manager so far has talked a really good game. I just don't haven't seen enough in the pieces of action that I've watched of Aberdeen this season to, to be convinced that they're going to challenge for, for that third, fourth place that they have been doing in recent years. So I think that's probably my game of the weekend to really keep a, a close eye on because, as I've said, I think Celtic Rangers will get relatively comfortable victories, but I actually think Aberdeen could be in for another tough weekend. And I hope Stephen Glass gets given the time because, as mm. I say, he comes across well. He seems like a likeable guy and obviously it's early days yet, but... I just haven't seen enough from from watching Aberdeen this season, and as I say, I think that's the game of the weekend for me. He's, he's, he's got a, he's got a really tough month coming up as well, Rob. Yeah. Next month they play Rangers, Celtic, Hibs, Hearts, and Dundee away. Yeah. So you and, know, and that's a team seven games without a win. Well, I'm, yeah, Aberdeen are under pressure already. Let's be honest. Um, the expectation after the money that that Dave Cormack allowed Stephen Glass to spend was that Aberdeen were going to be challenging again for that familiar third place. Mm. Um, you know, after the end of next month, you know, they could be in the bottom six and yeah. he'd be under even more pressure. I mean, he's got some interesting ideas, Stephen Glass. Uh, you know, I get the feeling that he could go on to become a really good manager, but it's all about the here and now, isn't it? You know, with these sort of results, um, if, if they were to lose in Paisley, Mark, on, on Sunday, it's eight without a win. But And it's also against teams. When you look at the last three, 
It was St Johnston who Aberdeen at home would would expect to not be losing to and probably beating. It was Ross County. I'm trying to think of what the the third game was, but but Aberdeen took one point out of nine. It, it's a poor run of form for them, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it's, it's not uh, good enough considering the, on paper the caliber of squad that they have. And, and Davey's right, you know, whatever you think of Dave Cormack, he's backed his manager this summer. You know, David Bates. And that was after going out of Europe. Matty Longstaff, after going out uh, of Europe. G. Emmanuel Thomas and Scott Brown. Um, and keeping Lewis Ferguson, resisting the temptation to sell. So he's backed his manager to some tune. You know, Declan Gallagher. I mean, you look at that squad on paper. Yeah. it's It should be, by a distance, I would say, the, the third team um, in the country. It should be. But it, but it is early days for Stephen Glass. I was at Pataudry on, on, on Saturday when they lost to St. Johnson. Um, lots of the ball lots of the ball kept possession but I can't recall Xander Clark having one save of no. note uh, to make and that's got to be uh, a concern so yeah there is pressure on them on Sunday um, going down to Paisley um, St Mern got a good point at Easter Road last weekend um, they're still looking to, to find their form as well because I think on paper they've got a really good squad I think Jim Goodwin recruited well in the summer so I think that's a fascinating um, game and as uh, as um, as Callum said, they're potentially the, the game of the, the weekend. Between that and Hibs St John's at Easter Road, two brilliant games on Sunday. And Callum, it's when Mark lists those names there and you just put pound signs against them uh, as he as he names them. Uh, and there's the likes of Christian Ramirez, uh, who's being well weighed in as well. It's, it's a big investment, this, isn't it, for, for Dave Cormack? And it, and it does strike you that it's a really crucial time for Stephen Glass. It certainly is a, a crucial time, Rob, and, and, and as Mark has listed uh, the names there, they, they certainly do have a good squad, and they've got a squad that should be capable of troubling sides more than, than they have done recently, as results and performances have, have shown. And I think the, the, the thing with Stephen Glass, and I think Ange Postacoglu's got this with Celtic, a lot of people talk about a rebuild, and, and, and naturally it is a rebuild, but sometimes you hear people saying, oh, they could write a season or two seasons off to get it right. Football just doesn't work like that. You think of the social media era as well. Um, two matches without winning is an awful long time to, to an element of fans now, never mind two seasons. So I think he certainly has to get it right quickly and show, even if they're not getting the most positive results, they need to be showing performances that have fans convinced that they can have the patience because if Aberdeen were to go and lose the next three or four in the trot, whether Stephen Glass speaks well and is highly regarded by Dave Cormack or not, the, the 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 fans in the stand will, will, won't be shy in letting them know how they feel. So I hope for his sake he's able to get a few positive results because I would like to see what he can do over an extended period of time. But yeah. crucially, he's got to earn that extended period of time. You mentioned Ange Postecoglou there. Um, I mean, he's well. I think he he reckons he's walked under a ladder. Um, the latest was uh, Georges Giacomakis pulling up with a calf injury in the warm up. Um, last night so far from him taking his bow he's going to be out for a while with that injury it's a long injury list but what he's looking for let's have a listen to Ange uh, is for his team to deal with adversity in the right way you benefit from it only if you approach it in the right manner if you use it as a clutch for, for an excuse which I don't think it's an excuse but there are valid reasons why you know we're, we're, we're a little bit inconsistent in terms of the way we're playing at the moment because lost our captain lost our top goal scorer the, the other guys who can play in that front Area haven't been available. You know those kind of things. You can use as reasons for not progressing, but you know we, we, we're not doing that. We're, we're, we're kind of if we haven't performed, we, we, we take it on the chin like we did on on Sunday, and then we come back here tonight and do get the job done. And if we get through this period, it just means we'll be a real strong unit. 
Speaking after the the victory against Wraith Rovers last night, Callum, um, but they they lost at Livingston last weekend. Um, they might be still playing now, trying to score a goal the way it was going for them, huffing and, and puffing, uh, to be honest. Um, and when you've lost three of your first six games in the Premiership, it doesn't leave an awful lot of margin for error, does it, moving on? It, it doesn't leave a, a lot of margin for error. And I think um, the most games that Celtic have been able to win a league title with in the last sort of 25 years, I think they've lost seven games and been able to win a title. Um, as I say in the last 25 years so to lose three already puts you under pressure quite quickly I think as long as Celtic are getting a lot closer than did last year with over a 20 point gap then I think fans will give Ange Postacoglu another season because some of the performances have been really great to watch this season and I think that's been something that is a marked improvement on last year but the away form has to improve quickly the two areas for Celtic that I'm really concerned about if I've been honest Rob in terms of depth the striking department Ayeti, I know he scored two goals um, recently um, and at home against Ross County, but for me, he doesn't do enough um, over the piece to, to merit getting a regular run of games. Kyogo's been crucial, but obviously he's injured at the moment. Um, you, you've got the, the Greek striker um, injured in the warm-up last night. So You're not going to attempt his name, are you, Callum? I, 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 I'm not. <laughs> I, I, mean, I was thinking about it, but I thought I don't want to butcher that one. Um, so I think that area concerns me, and also the holding position. I think Callum McGregor is so crucial to Celtic. And when he's missing, you can just see a marked difference in the midfield. For me, Sorrow isn't good enough to play consistently for Celtic. I think he can be a good squad option, but he's very rash and gets booked pretty much every time he plays. And McCarthy, I don't think, even as he gets up to a wee bit of speed, I don't think he'll be able to be relied on to play six, seven, eight, nine games in the trot um, from the start. His, his, his injury record in recent years suggests that. So uh, I think, see on, see on that, Callum, I think on that, Callum, Rob, you know, there's a there's a narrative building already about James McCarthy, which I think is really unfair. He's a quality footballer. Look at the levels that he's played mm. at. Yes, he had a couple of injuries. He's fine, but you know, Callum's picking up on that point there. You know, he, he can't rely on, him, but, but he's quality. He's a top player, and I just think it's very unfair the narrative that started this negativity uh, surrounding him um, already. The boy is a real good player. He's a real good professional, and just give him time. You know, he's been down in England for a decade or so. He's come back up. He's coming into a Celtic um, team that's new. It's all new as well. It's on the back of real negativity, a real downside, um, not a happy place to be. And they're trying to rebuild it under a new manager with new players. So I, I agree with Callum on the likes of Sorrow. Um, another one's a Yeti. He's not a championship winning striker. But the potential is there for Callum McGregor and James McCarthy to be a title winning um, central midfield partnership that's for sure Where are you Davy on Celtic right now? I, I think Callum made a very relevant point that uh, Ange Postacoglu has to be given time now that might sound some, somewhat of a contradiction in this city where nobody gets time but you know he was so disadvantaged by the timing of his appointment and there was an element of desperation in the signing policy I'm not sure Ange Postecoglou knew some of the players who were coming into the club. Um, they were thrown together. Um, I think a good example of that is James McCarthy getting a four-year contract. Yeah. And and the the only worry about James McCarthy is he's nothing to prove as a footballer, but he has to prove he can stay fit. And for Celtic to give him a four-year contract, given his injury record, suggests there was an element of desperation. And you only have to look back to last Sunday at Livingston. An hour gone in the game, Celtic don't look like scoring. They've had one chance in the game 
where Ayeti brought out a good save from the keeper. Mm -hmm. Rest of the time, Livingston have been leaving Celtic with the ball wide, defending crosses. The pattern of the game, you know, you know, didn't look like changing at all. Postacoglu looks at his bench, doesn't have a striker on the bench. Yeah. Doesn't have a centre back on the bench. You know, that, that squad is so thin and Postacoglu has to be given another couple of windows to put his own mark on it. Uh, I would say the only the only signing that he could take ownership of is the most successful of the lot, uh, Kyogo. Um, the rest of that squad has been thrown together through poor timing, through the, I was going to say idiotic, but fruitless pursuit of Eddie Howe and the amount of time that wasted for the club. And Postacoglu is the guy who's picking up the bill for it. And I think that bench at Livingston just underlined how much work there is still to be done at Celtic. Callum, good to hear from you. Good to have you on the show. Thank you. Cheers, Callum. All the best. Have a good weekend. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. I wish Chris would stop repeating what I say. Uh, so good we had to hear it yeah, twice. Yeah. No, nobody quite believed what I was saying about the traffic, so it was that voice of authority following up from, from Chris. Anyway, I think you got the point. Uh, this is the Go Radio Football Show. Um, on a Friday, we probably will be repeating ourselves uh, between now and seven o'clock. Uh, we'll be reacting to what uh, Stephen Gerrard has said today, updating everyone on uh, Ryan Kent's injury and uh, how soon Ryan Jack is going to be back playing. Uh, more to come from Ange Postacoglu on his uh, lengthy injury list and more from Callum McGregor, the Celtic captain, as well on his uh, newly announced contract extension. It was 2024, it's now going to be 2026, Davey, which is going to take him to the age of uh, 33. So you would imagine um, he's a Celt for life yeah, now. Yeah, I would imagine there's a testimonial built into that deal. Nice wage rise. And I, I can't think of a Celtic player who deserves it, it more. You know, I think he's, he's, he's Celtic's version of Steve, Stephen Davis. You know, given the amount of football he, he plays, very unusual for him to be injured at the moment. Yeah, because his track record injury-wise is is terrific, and as I said, for me, he's he's a natural leader in that dressing room now, um, and it's a great bit of business for Celtic to get him tied up. And it gives the Celtic fans a lift at a time um, where the the phrase "period of transition" certainly applies, and they're not having much luck in terms of injuries at the moment uh, as well. What about Callum McGregor's relationship with the gaffer? We've got a great relationship. Um, you know, he settled in well. He settled in with the boys, everyone feels good. It's a it's a great environment here as well. Um, especially with so many young players, it's it's a great environment to learn and and the experienced ones become so important in that as well. So, you know, I feel like there's a there's a great mix in the building of youth, experience, quality, determination. There's there's some new players here that are that are desperate to win things and and like I said, that, that then falls on the experienced ones to, to guide them there. It was important already uh, to Celtic um, after the departure of Scott Brown um, and even more so at the moment. I mean, he's one they want to get off that casualty list quickly, Mark. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest compliment to Callum McGregor is nobody mentions Scott Brown anymore. Mm. You know, he was a, a leader there for a decade at the club, captain of the club. And um, Callum McGregor's slotted in there seamlessly. Even when you just listen to him speaking there, Rob, he's a tremendous ambassador Great in the dressing room uh, to have, sets a good example for the many new players that, that are coming in. And you look at his track record, 28 years old, six titles, four Scottish Cups, four League Cups, 37 Scotland Cups, <laughs> you know. Um, and you look at him, his progression from being down south and loan at, at Notts County to coming up the road, getting a chance under Ronnie Dyler and then really stepping up a gear under Brendan Rogers. Now, Brendan Rogers wanted to take it to Leicester 
couple of years ago would have probably paid then between 17 and 20 million pounds um, for him I'm no doubt Callum had his head turned at that point but Celtic resisted any temptation uh, because they'd sold Kieran Tierney that summer to Arsenal and couldn't get rid um, or could, sorry couldn't sell um, Callum McGregor too so he had to bide his time he got his head down concentrated on the job focused on the job helped Celtic to a, a quadruple treble and now he's a captain and it looks like he's going to see out um, his career so you know he's been brilliant um, this season for Scotland as well away in Austria he was absolutely outstanding that night and uh, the sooner he's back for Celtic the better yeah he's an impressive guy isn't he Celtic against Dundee United on Sunday United uh, well beaten last night with the help of a couple of dodgy decisions from Willie Collum it would have to be said at Tannadice uh, St Mirren Aberdeen we've talked about that one already Sunday Hibs play St Johnston could be a rehearsal for the League Cup final um, that one if you don't think it's going to be Celtic Rangers or maybe a combination of both uh, tomorrow's Premiership Games Rangers are, are at Dens uh, to play Dundee who are without a win so far in the league this season Hearts against Livingston Motherwell against Ross County Mark Greedy Davy Proven Rob McLean Go Radio Football Show for a Friday Sean is with us as well Hi Sean. Hi there, guys. How you all doing? Hi Sean. Hi Sean. We're well, thanks. Good. You well? Good stuff. Ah, well, I'm brand new. So Good. It's Friday night, so it's drink night. So I'm half a guy. Do you allow yourself a drink I on think, a Friday? Yeah, Friday and Saturday. Ah, good. And man. a Sunday if it's the old fun. <laughs> 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 What's on your mind? Um, Apart from that drink. Reading, <laughs> yeah, I was reading on on. Social media today, right? Um, and the day, I believe it was the day of record. Uh, we were saying uh, January, Hadji's been linked to Rome with yeah. Jose Mourinho for 17 million, and basically Rangers are agreed to it. But I don't know, is it true, guys, or is it just speculation? Mark, you heard any whispers about Hadji to Roma in January? Well, I think the story originated, Sean, from, from yep. Romania and, and how reliable it is over there. Look, until you hear something from, from Rangers officially or from Steven Gerrard or indeed from Josie Mourinho at Roma, then, you know, I, I tend not to read too much um, into these things, you know, particularly when it comes from a, a player's um, homeland. Look, he is a talent though, there's absolutely no doubt. He's a talented um, footballer um, and it remains to, to be seen um, how much truth there is um, You'd bite their story. hand off, Mark. You would bite their hand oh, off. If, if it's a if genuine if, offer, if baby, it's 17 he's away. million for Hadji, you um, would bite their hand off, wouldn't you? And the thing that makes me, I mean, I don't know what valuation Rangers have in Yanis uh, Hadji, but I don't think you'd need to pay 17 million to get him, you know? So, uh, therefore, I'm not quite sure. What I would say is probably, is there interest from Roma? Perhaps, yeah, there's interest from Roma. But are they willing to pay or do they need to pay 17 million? That, that's what I'm not so sure about how genuine the story is. Let's hear what Stephen Gerrard said today uh, on the subject of Yanis Hadji and what he means to Rangers. Listen, we, we knew the talent we were buying and we knew the potential that Yanis had. Um, we knew there was areas of his game that could grow and improve. And, but one thing you're dealing with here is you're dealing with a player who's obsessed to get better. Um, whether that be off the pitch in the gymnasium, he's to the to the millimetre in terms of his nutrition and his diet and his professionalism. He's someone that stays behind every single session trying to improve parts of his game. He's an absolute pleasure to work with. I think he's got a, a real good people around him, away from here as well, who are helping support him in the game in terms of representation, in terms of his dad, which everyone knows about. And he's had a bit of a disruptive season. He, he took a whack on uh, the, the first league game. 
uh, against Livingston and he was in great form then but he's looked after himself since he's been injured and um, slowly he's got back to, to where we need him to be at which is that creative tool in, in the final third and we've been lacking that a little bit in certain games so to see him come on and have such a quick impact um, bodes well for the, for the up and coming games. Sean, is Yanis Hadji one you would be desperate to keep if a bid did come in in January, that, that sort of bid from Roma? Or has he been good, but not always, not all the time? And maybe at the right price, he is dispensable. Um, he's, see, if you're honest, Hadji's up and down. Sometimes he can play good and sometimes he's after the ball. But if a bid comes in anywhere, I'll, I'll say anywhere, but I'll actually say anywhere between 10 million plus. He's, I think he would, Rangers would accept it, but they would definitely accept 17 million. I think any any football player at Rangers gets a 17 million bid, um, you'll be getting put on that plane. Because unfortunately, Rangers are a selling club. Rangers fans might not like that one, but in Scottish football, if you're a selling club, so till you get the arrows by into Rangers or sales suits, they've always got to be a selling club. Well, there's only... There's only... To non-selling clubs, as far as I can see in European football, that's Man City and PSG. Apart from that, every club's a selling club, and that's yeah. a business model that Rangers want to create. They've 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 seen that what, what Celtic have managed to do over the past decade or so with a number of players, and that's what Rangers, that's a level Rangers want to get to, buying at one, two, three, and selling for 10, 12, 14, 16. They're creating their own, like Nathan Patterson, you know, who they, they want to turn into a 10, 15, 20 million pound. Um, player, that's what they've got to do. That's how the model works. Um, particularly if you're not getting Champions League football, if you're getting Champions League football, it makes it a wee bit easier in terms of financial pressure. And the other side of getting Champions League football is all of a sudden a player who's maybe worth, in the eyes of bigger clubs, bigger leagues, eight, nine, ten million. He does. He produces the business in the Champions League. He doubles his money. Now you look at Victor Wanyama and, and Fraser Foster. And getting Virgil van Dijk, you know, they weren't valued at 12, 14 million pounds seven, eight years ago because they were doing well against Motherwell and Party Thistle. No. It's because they were performing in the Champions League. So that's if that, that's the other positive side to being uh, at that level. And that's the level that Rangers want to get back th- to as quickly as possible. I think Rangers have done pretty well in terms of recruitment, Mark, to be yeah. able to, to, to operate that way. You know, player trading. You know, if you look at the players they brought in, they got Morelos for, for buttons. Yeah. They would get good money for him. They got good money for, yep. for Tavernier, Barisic, Kamara. Kamara, good money for him. Yep. Ryan Kent they got for nine. They would get they would get probably fifteen for Ryan Kent if he comes back onto forum. So I think Rangers, you know, not so very long ago there, there were very few assets, mm-hmm. saleable assets in that squad. I think it's different now. And uh, I don't think Rangers are, are far away from 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 being in a position where they can play a trade every close season. Davey, those were very glowing words, weren't they, from Steven Gerrard about Yanis Hadji? Obsessed with improvement, he said. Good to hear that. Just really good to hear that, that he's, you know, he's a young man absolutely dedicated to, to getting better. Not every professional player is like that. Um, and, you know, I, I think, I don't know, if, I watched a documentary on Ronaldo recently and just totally obsessed with self-improvement. And look where it's taken him. I'm not saying Yanis Hadji is a Ronaldo, but mm. but you know to make himself as good as he can possibly be is, is all he can do. And it's just great to hear that he's given it his best shot. So it's also as well. It's a credit to him because I think you, you look down the footballers who have got famous fathers who've had brilliant careers, and Hadji's been the I think the best ever Romanian footballer, one of the best 
in Europe uh, when he was in his prime and having to follow in his father's footsteps. And clearly, as Stephen Gerrard said there, his father's a big influence on him. So his father set a very high standard and his boy would have seen that all during uh, his life and he's, he's trying to, to replicate that. So, so good on him. And I love when managers go into detail like that mm. and give you an insight as to you know what a player's doing day to day to try and get to a level that's making clubs such as Roma having an interest in them. It's a surname that, that certainly puts on a bit of pressure, doesn't it? The, the fact that uh, you have those uh, four letters, Haji, in your surname. Uh, we mentioned uh, Glenn Kamara there, and of course uh, he has uh, finally, we, it seems we've been speaking on this show for months and months about Glenn Kamara. Would he, won't he? Is he going? Is he staying? Well, he's staying, and here's the gaffer. Well, look, I've said it on many occasions, it's important at a club like Rangers, you try and keep your best players here for as long as possible. Now, we all understand how the club works, but Glenn's someone who fits into our style really, really well. Um, he's evolved, he's improved, he's grew a lot since we took him from Dundee. He'd obviously had a real good schooling uh, down at Arsenal and under Neil McCann at Dundee. So we knew we were plucking a player to suit our style, if you like. But Glenn's come in and worked ever so hard to improve his game. And I think it's got to a level now where people are really appreciating what type of player he is and what level he can perform at. Glenn makes our 11 stronger, he makes this squad stronger, so it's obviously very pleasing news for me. It's, um, it's one we've, we've been, been working in the background ever so hard, so credit to the club for, for getting that one over the line. Is he a player you appreciate, Sean? See, Boris, I would like to say thank you to Dundee for gaining us a talent butler for 50 grand. If he could get me a player for 50 grand after Dundee, <laughs> I'd say, God, I think, I think he's worth about um, 10 or 12 million, to be honest with you. Would he be worth that, Davy? That sort of figure, Glenn Kamara. Hard to hard to say, Rob. You know, I think he's he's a smashing player. the The problem is that that players who haven't proved themselves out with the the Scottish league, and I know he's started with Arsenal, but I think I think the the, the bigger leagues are reluctant to splash big money on players from our league. Um, and Virgil Van Dijk was a perfect example of that. Had to go to Southampton to prove he was a top player. Mm. Um, and, and Rangers might find they've got the same problem when they, they try to move players on that they can't they can't get the money they know the player is worth simply because of the status of our league Yeah, maybe where he has proved himself of course Mark is in European football and he is yeah. a stick on for Steven Gerrard he, he's almost an automatic choice I can't think of too many big European games in the last few years that he's missed which says something about his manager regard, yeah, how his manager he, regards him ah, he's, he's a terrific footballer and, and, and Sean's right You know, when you look at it now 50,000 what a steal and you know, I don't know the the circumstances of the deal if his contract was running down to Bournemouth or he had a, a released uh, fee because Dundee got him for nothing I'm not sure but Dundee not less Dundee have got some kind of sell-on clause um, for future but at 50 grand what a bargain uh, an absolute bargain he's tip-top uh, he knows his stuff um, he's a top player and uh, you know what's happened in the past few days him signing a new deal is good for him because he'll have fattened up his weekly wage yeah. So he's on a lengthy contract, whatever he's done, double, treble his money, whatever. Um, and for Rangers now, um, if there's more interest in him in the January window or next summer, the fact that they've fattened up his contract makes them in a, a stronger position in terms of the transfer fee that they can um, potentially command. I think that's probably the key point, Davey. Uh, I think because he came in on a cut price deal from Dundee, he wasn't one of the better paid players. Yeah. And that's probably where the where the talk of a, a move came from uh, because he was unsettled financially and presumably Rangers have sorted that out. Yeah, I mean, I think he's proved his worth to, to Rangers and his agent will certainly know his worth. 
and the agent I think quite quite rightly has been demanding top dollar for him. Mm. And you know, I, I don't think you can argue that that he's one of Rangers' lesser players now. I think he's one of their major players, and you know his his wage rise I'm sure will have reflected that. Sean, enjoy that sherry when you get to it. Thank you. All the best. <laughs> Cheers. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Yeah, looking into the weekend, we are another exciting Premiership football weekend. It really seems to have come around quickly uh, with all the football that was going on in the course of the week. The four Premier Sports Cup quarterfinals, which as a result mean Rangers Hibs and Celtic against St Johnston in the semis. In terms of uh, games going on, in the Premiership this weekend, it's uh, Dundee against Rangers at Dens tomorrow. Hearts play Livingston. Motherwell, what a start to the season they've had against Ross County. And on Sunday, big match for Stephen Glass, as we've been saying already, as Aberdeen go to Paisley to play St Mirren. It's uh, Celtic against Dundee United. And it is Hibs against St Johnston. Uh, Stephen Gerrard and Ange Postecoglou have both been uh, having their media conferences today. More to hear from both of them and from Callum McGregor, who has uh, signed a new extended Celtic deal, the captain, and he'll be with the club till 2026, um, another five years from now. But what about Ryan Kent, injured for Rangers? When's he likely to be back? It's difficult to say whether it'll be three and a half or four, four and a half. It'll, it'll depend on probably the final stages of the rehab when he gets up to sprinting, uh, when he gets up to going flat out kicking a ball. But we've been told it could be somewhere in between three to four weeks. So I think the earliest you see him is after international duty. Might this be a good thing for Ryan Kent that he's out mm -hmm. of it for a while and he comes back and maybe kickstarts Davy because he's not really been anywhere no. near his best so far this season. I, has I think he? you make a really good point, Robert. I, I think it's it's. I mean, it, there's no good time to be injured, but I think given his form at the time and the kind of scrutiny that he was under because he is one of Rangers' game changers, I don't think it'll do him any harm to to sit out for a few weeks. They've got Hadji, they've got Scott Wright, who can play in that kind of number 10 role to open things up for Rangers. And it, it, I think taking him out of the limelight, given the, the, the scrutiny he was under, um, will do him no harm at all. He does have that pressure of expectation surrounding him, Mark, doesn't yeah. he? He's the go-to player. Make something happen. Yeah, I forgot. I'm thinking back to the, the top of the show. I thought he was available again for tomorrow, so um, forgive me with that. My mistake. Um, but yeah, we, we, we had you there and, and Scott Wright. I think Scott Wright had a spell at Lone and Dundee, Rob. Mm -hmm. Is that right? So yeah. Dens Park, familiar territory. Um, for him, I think he's got you know, the potential to be a really good Rangers player too. But for, for Ryan Kent... Um, I think he was just symptomatic of probably a number of Rangers players in the early part of the season just wasn't hitting the heights. And it's hard, you know, it's a hard thing to do because Rangers set such a high standard last season, so consistent, clean sheets, scoring goals, wiping the floor with everybody. Um, so, But he needs to go and um, find that again. Um, and there's just been a wee spark missing, I think, from, from Rangers. The manager's mentioned it, Gary McAllister um, has mentioned it. Maybe that's down to the fact that the, the summer recruitment they didn't bring in a sort of A-list player, somebody that was first team ready, somebody that was going to go and light it up, whether it was a, a number nine or a, or a number 10 or, or whatever. Um, so maybe that, that sometimes just when the focus is on Ryan Kent to go and win you the game, to go and make that incisive pass, to go and do it, it can be a wee bit unfair as well to look to the same guy 
game after game so this wee rest as you say might just do him the world a good yeah maybe a little spell out of the limelight uh, might not do him too much harm at all Mark Weedy Davy Proven uh, Rob McLean the Go Radio Football Show join the football chat with us 0808 17 17 700 let's talk to Jamie hi Jamie alright Rob boy Davey alright Mark yep hi Jamie <laughs> we're alright you alright well no really no really because Every time we wake up, it seems we've got another injury. The Celtic injury list. Well, I, I, I would like to make a call of points, Rob, if that's sure. all right. You fight away. Uh, the, point, the point I'm being, Wadi 11, I think I've been very strong, but it's the squad that really worries me because New Jakabakis wants to move for a few weeks. Now, who's going to play up for... Is they going to be back for Sunday's game against the United, do you know? I don't think so. I think I think Ange said today that uh, it's pretty much as is. So, Davey, I mean, it's a horrendous injury list at the moment. It's yeah. it's half a team, maybe more than half a team. Well, that's why you have to have a, a proper squad, uh, Rob. And, and Celtic simply don't have a proper squad. You know, Postacoglu has been forced... For, for me, he's been forced to throw youngsters into the team who are not ready for regular first-team football. Um, there are players who've come to the club that I don't think he knew and I go back to Livingston last Sunday when Celtic were desperate for a goal trailing 1-0 you get to the hour, hour mark and you'd normally expect you know Postacoglu to be able to bring someone on who can change the game he had nobody he didn't have a striker on the bench no um, and that, that tells you that you know two or three injuries and, and Celtic are struggling and that, that's why I think he's going to have to be given time I don't, I don't see I don't. I know a lot of Celtic supporters um, have been seduced by the style of football, and and I, I do admit it's very easy on the eye. I don't see. Um, I, I don't see Celtic winning the title this season with the squad. He must be given time to improve his squad. And Celtic fans, Mark, look across the city to Rangers and see what Steven Gerrard and co have assembled there. Uh, and it's pretty much two good players for every position. And and Celtic aren't yet at that stage. No, no, they're not because there's a massive rebuild. There's a new manager, 12 new signings. They've, they've lost the captain. They've lost Chris Ayer. They've lost Odson Edward. They've lost Ryan Christie. Um, so there, there, there's a few. They don't have a head of recruitment, chief scout, whatever you want to call it. They don't have a director of football. Do they want a director of football? They don't have a chief, permanent chief executive. Do they want one? Is Ange Postacoglu happy with his backroom staff or does he want to bring in somebody um, of his own? They've just appointed a head of sports science, which is such an important role at the club and they didn't have one for a number of weeks. So you put all that into the mix, there's been progress and I think the signs are, are, are pretty good under Ange Postacoglu, but there's a hell of a long way to go mm -hmm. on and off the park. You know, the Celtic supporters are still not happy with the board um, as well. So there's freshness required. I said in the programme last night, Ian Banker, the chairman, you need again his statement there when the, when the results come out other statements that he's put out I think that being the chairman of Celtic such a prestigious position um, Robin I think back to to, to Brian Quinn and, and, and John Reid and I, I think it's time for you know maybe looking at a change in that and I suggested somebody last night who's got charisma presence intelligence gravitas knows football I have to have Martin O'Neill as the next Celtic chairman that's what I do not there as a as a threat to Ange Post, mm -hmm. Postacoglu, there to help him, there to really help take Celtic uh, forward and, and, and give them that bit of gravitas that I think might be missing. Would he, um, would he take that job? I don't know, but I'm just throwing the name at him. I mean, I still probably, Martin will still hanker at another crack at management, but he's 69 now. And as I say, it's a prestigious 
position um, in football and um, I don't know if Matt would want to but what I'm saying is ask the question mm. because he's highly intelligent he's a leader and he could, I think he could offer so much to, to the football club All those questions that, that Mark floated there Davey about positions key positions not yet filled at Celtic mm. I think that was camouflaged for a while wasn't it when Ange Postacoglu brought in his first raft of signings they were winning games, they were scoring goals. Suddenly, he appeared to have turned things around and nobody was really looking behind the scenes. But it's when things get sticky again that people yeah. start pointing the finger and saying, right, where's the director of football? Where's the chief executive? Mm -hmm. Where's the head of recruitment? Well, you, you would have to ask the board of directors that question because they ultimately are responsible for running the club uh, or the chief executive is responsible for filling those positions. Um, and the... the Current chief executive appears to be an interim chief executive. I don't know whether he's permanent, permanent still, or not. Still interim, Michael Nicholson. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the the the, the Celtic board, I'm afraid, are there are a lot of clever men on the Celtic board, but you know, their knowledge of football, I, I really do wonder about. Um, you had Dermot Desmond saying not so long ago that the current Celtic side would beat the Seville team. Um, you had Mr. Bank here in midweek saying that it was an operational highlight to finish second 25 points behind Rangers. And supporters, supporters must listen to that and, and wonder who they have running their club. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if this, if this was Barcelona, a members club, I don't think this board would survive the next election. I think they'd be out in their ear. We had Frank from Mary Hill on the show on Tuesday night, uh, uh, a radio rant which uh, which got a bit of traction um, online afterwards. Um, and, and his point was that, you know, he needs, he doesn't just need one transfer window and Postacoglu, he needs maybe two, three, four. But once you get to that sort of stage, you're basically not just writing off this season, you're possibly writing off next season as well if it's all about building the club, Mark, for the long term um, and, and maybe winning nothing in the interim. Well, as long as there's progress, but as long as you can see proper progress by the quality of the signings by what he's trying to do and um, I think it's a hell of an ask to come in and ask Ange Postacoglu to win the title this season I'm not saying it's impossible um, but it's a big big ask you look at how strong Rangers have been as you say two for every position a manager that's had five or six transfer windows a manager that's assembled his own backroom team a manager that's been backed by the board um, to some tune maybe not in the last transfer window there, although they didn't sell anybody, but in the previous two or three, you know, really pushing the boat out to get two or three players um, in for him. So you look at that, I think it's a big ask, as Davey said, I, you know, I, I still fancy Rangers um, for the title. Um, a year from now, 13, 14 months from now, if there's no real sign of it, of it happening under Ange Postacoglu, that's where he'll come under pressure. This time next year, a 1-0 defeat at Livingston won't be acceptable. This time next year, six defeats on the road out of seven or eight or whatever it may be won't be acceptable but for the moment you've, you've got to cut him slack and he deserves that it took Steven Gerrard four or five transfer windows to get it absolutely right to deliver um, the title I don't think Ange Postacoglu will get four or five transfer windows but he certainly deserves this season to mould something and then have a proper charge of it but the part of the problem um, is where the pressure will come on as we get to March, April if it's a tight title is it's 99% certain the winners go straight into the Champions League. Yeah. It's a £40 million yeah. Premiership title this season. That's where 
fans and and, and, and boards, whether it's at Rangers or at Celtic, they think, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Have we got the right man to see through the next eight or nine games to really deliver it? We'll wait and see. The pressure is mounting, no doubt about it. Jamie, thanks for your call. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Yeah, we're heading into another Scottish Premiership football weekend. Three games tomorrow and three games on Sunday. Dundee Rangers at Dens. Uh, tomorrow, Hearts against Livingston at Tyne Castle. Motherwell, how well have they started the season? At home to Ross County, Can Graham Alexander and co Keep that going Sunday in Paisley. Big game, we've spoken about it already on the show. St Mirren against Aberdeen. Jim Goodwin's team looking for their first uh, league win of the season, but it's an Aberdeen team under a bit of pressure. Seven games without a win for them. Celtic uh, are in the semi-finals, of course, of the League Cup, along with Hibs and St Johnston and Rangers. They're at home to Dundee United, who lost out uh, in the League Cup last night at Tannadice against Hibs. But Celtic have got huge injury issues. Hibbs against St Johnston at uh, Easter Road. That should be a good one tomorrow in Edinburgh. Celtic's injury problems, uh, well, they got worse uh, last night, even before the match had got underway against Wraith Rovers. With Georges Giacomakis uh, due to take his bow for Celtic at some stage during the game off the bench, but he was injured in the warm-up. We'll, just, we'll send him off for a scan, so we'll just wait and see. There's something, uh, there's something looming over me at the moment just to challenge me every day and uh, uh, we'll just have to cope with that. Yeah, those injuries uh, keep on coming. It has been challenging, but as I said, you know, we've just got to work through it and, and build resilience in the group. I mean, you know, we went through the first part of the season with really short of the back and now, you know, I think I had four full-backs out there and probably three centre-backs at the end. So we seem to be getting, um, you know, hampered in the front half of the field, even though we've got some great players in there, we just can't get them out in the it's just what we're going through. It's the challenges that are put before us. But as I said, if we can get through this period, you know, and still and still be okay, then it means that uh, you know we've got some promising things ahead of us. Davey, do Celtic just have to hang on in there at the moment, stay in touch, not get detached yeah. at all for for to a point in the season, uh, and maybe including the January transfer window, of course, uh, where they can seriously challenge. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. Um... Four points, the, the the gap, and I'm always I always tend to measure the old firm against each other. Four points is, is certainly that that gap can be closed. If it were to go to seven or more than that, I think there would almost be a realization it's over before it's even begun. Yeah, and that that's the problem he has. That you know, no Forrest, um, no Callum McGregor, no Kyogo, and and he was down to the bare bones last Sunday, and the bare bones were not good enough, and that would be the worry. These are serious absentees for Celtic, aren't they? At the moment, you have to you have to cut him yeah. and them a bit of slack at the moment in terms of results, Mark. Just yeah. be, when you look at that injury list, yeah, they, they, you do, and and I think he is getting um, a bit of slack. You know, so there's pressure on Celtic to win every game. There's, there is a, a level of understanding as to what he inherited and, and how big a rebuild that he's had. As I said as well, you know, missing a lot of key operators behind the scenes that should be helping him with with recruitment. Uh, there's also, uh, as well, I don't want to put pressure on 17, 18, 19 year olds to come in and, and you know, win your titles, but where's a young striker coming through from the academy? Where is your, your 18, 19, 20 year old guy who's should be ready to be at least sitting on a, on a bench, you know? And I think that's, that's doesn't bode well if, if there's nobody available you know, probably spending millions of pounds a year on the academy I think surely there's somebody you know you can turn and say mm. well 
you know, there's a number nine. Yeah, of course he's not at the level of, of Edward or even a Jet or something like that, but he's a boy that last night against Wraith Row might, might come on and do his a turn. So you've got, you've got to look at that. Two clubs should always have. You could level that at Rangers as well, couldn't you? you, ah, know, yeah, where, you where's, know. where's a striker coming absolutely. off the assembly line? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, you, of course you can. Yeah, you can level it. And I know it's it's different, the, the, the pressures for, for, for teenagers to go and do it um, at, at the old firm, but. You know, there's still it should be better. That's that's something I think it should be, it should be better. But that said, um, I think what what Davey said, I think, and you said, if Celtic can just hang on in there, and um, what Celtic have got to do, the next step for them, in terms of Rangers, is showing that they can, they can actually go and beat Rangers again. I, mean, I think it's maybe five or six league games since Celtic beat Rangers. Last time they beat them was the League Cup final, um, December, almost two years ago. Uh, the game of Fraser Foster was was outstanding. Mm. Frimpong gets sent off. Julian scored the header, one 0 Um so Celtic have got to show that they can go and beat Rangers again because Rangers have got the sign um over them. The next old firm game, unless it's a League Cup final, is going to be um at Parkhead before they get into the, the winter break. And um Celtic, you know, what you're wanting for neutrals for Scottish football is it to be a real ding dong. Uh, Rob, you want the two of them to be really close so that in the January transfer window they're really testing each other. You know, no wanting to sell, wanting to improve so that for the second half uh, of the season, as we say, because potentially a £40 million title race this season. That's what we were expecting last season, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, we were expecting it to be nip and tuck between the two of them, not, not a 25-point margin at the no. end. No, I mean, um, I don't think for a minute Stephen Gerrard will get what he got from his players last season. That was a one-off. That was a historic title. They, they had to stop 10 in a row. Um, and I think Rangers got it spot on. Gerard did a magnificent job motivating them. Um, Michael Beale was obviously doing his bit in the coaching. And they had they had their players up for it week in, week out. I don't think Rangers can possibly get the same again. There's bound to be a sense of anti-climax now that they've stopped to 10. Mark made the point. I think Stephen Gerrard could have done with with a grade A signing, someone who's going to lift the dressing room, someone who's going to walk into that dressing room and, and the players who are already there go, wow, you know, he's going to improve us. Didn't happen. So I think Rangers are going to come backwards this year. The question would be, can Celtic go forwards and, and close the gap? And the jury is certainly out on this Celtic side at the moment. And it does appear as if Rangers at the moment might be turning a corner and Stephen Gerrard certainly uh, seems to think that. Where is his team at at the moment? Listen, we, we, we always focus on ourselves and trying to be the best version of ourselves, but I think after a disrupted pre-season and start of the season, if you like, um, you know, we, we didn't want to talk about excuses. It was all about just worrying about us and getting better and getting closer towards our level. I feel as if we're on our way to that. Um, but the exciting thing for me is... Um, I think there's, there's there's more goals to come from us and I still think we can tighten up slightly uh, on the back of the Motherwell game. I thought we defended really well in midweek. You know, we never give any opportunities up, no corners, no shots on target. That's a good base and a good start. And um, if we do find them tweaks and that extra gear, you know, we, we know we can go on a, a real strong run and that's, that's the aim for everyone. Do you do you get that from a, a positive spin there from from just the tone of Steven Gerrard today, Mark? There, there was that sticky spell, wasn't there? They, they lost home and away to Malmo. Uh, yeah. The Champions League suddenly became history for them, and and I think that was a big deal, oh, wasn't it? That, that was a massive deal for for Steven Gerrard and oh. Rangers. But it's now one defeat in nine. It was mm-hmm. Lyon who were just a class above them um, in the in the Europa League. Um, but but apart from that, th- there is progress, isn't there? Yeah. The, the... 
there's progress. If you want to take it back to Champions League, Malmo were there for the taking. You know, you think about it, you know, mm. Man ordered off at Ibrox. It was all there for Rangers that night. And, and I think it would have been Ludo Goretz from Bulgaria who they got to get into the Champions League proper. Yeah. So they blew a fantastic opportunity to get into the Champions League and get that 40 million quid, which is at any club in Scotland. It's a total game changer, financially an absolute game changer, and, and they've missed out on it. Why were so they that, not? Why were they not ready for that? Um, well, it was there for the taking. They, they, they just they, they, individual errors um, on the night. Why, why, was, Morelos, why was Morelos, Morelos, Morelos not, back, not ready for not it? Not back yeah. in time, you know. Again, you know that that you know. Sometimes you know there just appears to be different rules for for Alfredo Morelos. It's not the first time mm. he's been guilty of that. But but I, unless I'm mistaken, Rob, I can't recall a detailed explanation as to what happened to Morelos um, in the summer we, no. we, we, we don't know what we do was as Stephen Gerrard alluded to there in the interview there was disruption I think a couple of Covid cases so mm. they never managed to quite find the rhythm as Davey said as we've said you know hard to hit the heights of, again of last season because they were absolutely brilliant um, from the manager as well and, and, and sometimes the manager as this, this is year four sometimes you know, he probably wanted a, a grade A player to come in and really re-energise him and his staff and say, right, boom, we're ready to go. Here we go, look what we've brought in. We're not sitting back resting last season. Boom. But I understand if the finances are there, the finances are there. You know, you can't just go and find, you know, five million quid at the drop of the hat to go and bring in a top player. So I get that. Um, but over the piece, the positives for Rangers are they've not been at their best, but they have made it into the Europa League, which is worth 10 million quid. Yeah. And they are top of the table. They have beaten Celtic. So they've overcome those challenges and I think that's why Stephen Gerrard is, is optimistic. And just thinking back, it was around that time, wasn't it? The, that sticky time we're talking about where Stephen Gerrard was saying, I don't know where he is and I don't know when he's coming back yeah. about where else. And, and that sort of situation, that you're talking about one player, but you're, that, that can infect the whole dressing room, can't it? If, there, yeah. if there's that uncertainty going on and maybe ill-discipline yeah, going on. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to know because it's not the first time he's come back late. Um, from no. South America because Steven Gerrard left them out at Tynecastle Scottish, right. Scottish yeah. Cup tie about yeah. 18 months ago mm -hmm. maybe a bit longer just before Covid yeah, yeah. But, you know because he didn't get back in time and I'd love to know what the, the Rangers players make of Morelos you know and, and Steven Gerrard's willingness to indulge him now I know he's, he's arguably their most productive player but you know Steven Gerrard has has bent over backwards to accommodate him and I'd love to know what a real proper pro like Stephen Davis makes of of Alfredo Morelos, mm. you know, not yeah. getting back in time for a Champions League tie. Yeah, I just wonder whether for Rangers, the long term effects, and and it has been long term in football terms at least, a, a Champions League hangover effectively. The the effects of that are maybe just starting to wear off for them, and that that deep disappointment because that was, you know, yes they can defend their title, but the big step forward for Rangers and Steven Gerrard this season was actually to get into the Champions League and yeah. make an impact there that that was what everyone wanted on the back of the success of last season and, and it maybe takes a while for that sort of disappointment to wear off Malmo was the biggest game of the season forget the old Firm game I know the old Firm game you know gets you bragging rights etc but Malmo was the biggest game of the season and Luda Goretz as, as Mark rightly points out with a stadium capacity of 12,000 would have been Rangers next opponent had they beaten Malmo so Rangers couldn't have asked for a better draw and a better route into the Champions League and didn't manage to, 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 to make it. And that wouldn't just be disappointing for Steven Gerrard. That would be hugely disappointing for Douglas Park 
and the guys who are putting their hands in their pockets continually to, to fund Rangers at the moment. But Rangers weren't ready. They didn't, they didn't appear to be ready at that time for a game of that significance, did they? Well, they should have been ready. Yeah, um, because it comes around at the same I, time I, I, every year. I, I do know that Malmo were, what, 13 games into their season? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But... But that's a team that... The, the, Rangers know when that tie is, Rob. They know when it is. Yeah. They, they know how to tailor their pre-season aiming specifically at that tie. And they came up short. Yeah. In the same way that Celtic at that stage were piecing together a squad for a time in the season that is etched in the, etched in the calendar on an annual basis. We know these games are coming, Mark. We know how important they are. We know how much money they mean. Yeah, that, that's why, Rob, I've, I've, I've said for a couple of years now that um, for our Scottish clubs, our champions, like Celtic Rangers, okay, in Aberdeen and Hibs teams are going to Europe, but, but for the champions, for the 30, 40 million quid that's there for the champions to get into the Champions League, that's why for me, the January window is when you do your prep and you get your players in and they've got that four, five, six months to bed in, to find their feet, to handle 50, 60,000, to get to know their teammates. So on, that's what, and I know that, that all managers and clubs. Oh, January's a really difficult window. It's not that difficult. You want to go and make it happen? Make it happen. Far better than that than getting a player in with, with six days preparation, when you've got a forty million quid game coming up. So I think they should be planning in January for being the champions and doing it that way. But you look at Rangers. They failed during the summer for whatever reason they failed. But you look at Celtic. Look at the teams have crashed out of two Champions Leagues in the past eight years. Maribor Ferenc Varos teams like that putting them out two Champions Leagues in the past eight years now that can be down to a wee bit of bad luck but it can also be down to poor preparation and poor planning and being last minute Charlies and it's no good enough so as long as you're going to be like that and you're not planning six months in advance you're going to run the risk of blowing the 40 million quid in the summer The compensation uh, for Rangers having failed to to make the Champions League this time around, of course, is now to win the title. It means it means even more now than yeah. it did before crashing out to Malmo, yeah. didn't it? Because because there's a there's a clear run now for to be champions and to be in the Champions League. Should, should get them straight in, um, and I, I I think Rangers are odds on to to win the title this season. I think it's too early for Ange Postecoglou. And I think Steven Gerrard will at long last be able to measure himself in the Champions League. I think he's done brilliantly in the Europa League. But he would have been bitterly disappointed at missing out this season on the Champions League. I think he'll get his chance next season. What's the news on Ryan Jack? When will he be back? We're not going to put a date on Ryan Jack. I think he's been out too long and missed too many games for us to put uh, a date on it. You know, we don't want Ryan to feel as if he's letting us down. We don't want to let the fans down by if we get that date wrong. So it's just going to be one where we'll, we'll be patient with him and we'll get him back when he's ready. That's the key thing, yeah. Yeah, back when he's ready. But he did expand on it a little bit. He's due back on the pitch any day now and um, hopefully we, we'll get him back uh, within a couple of weeks, back within the group, um, and then we can see him back playing. Ryan's desperate to come back. Um, he's had a real frustrating time. We've been frustrated for him because he's such a key part of how we play and what we're trying to build here. So... Hopefully this time um, he can come back clean, ready and um, help help us con help contribute towards the team. They've got lots of midfield players, Rangers, but mm. they miss him badly, don't they? Do you, you know, and it's it's been so long now, uh, but you do think back uh, to how influential Davy he was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's uh, not just proved himself a big player for Rangers, but for Scotland as well. Mm. 
Um, they do have a lot of midfield players. That's, that's probably too many. I mean, that, that's some size of our wage bill Rangers are operating right now. And again, that's that's one of the things that really surprised me that they didn't offload, you know, while Celtic were selling Edward and Ayer and Christie. You know, Rangers Rangers somehow managed to, to keep the squad together. Now, supporters will be absolutely delighted. But, um, you know, the, the in terms of balancing the books, it doesn't make any sense. It was also as well, you know, when you think about it, sometimes um, you need to sort of create your own funds to re-energise the dressing room. So, you know, maybe Stephen Gerrard thought, well, I don't want to lose a Ryan Kent or a James Tavernier or a Nathan Patterson, but if they're going to sell for X amount of pounds and I'm getting half that kitty yeah. to put back in, I've got my one or two that I think can just give us that wee bit of freshness, give us that wee bit of spark. So, you know, as much as it was good they didn't sell anybody, but in some respects, it maybe stopped them from just think, freshening up the yeah, squad. Yeah, I mean, I, I, very interesting comment from Stephen Gerrard. He was asked to assess Rangers transfer window. And I'm going to loosely paraphrase him here. He more or less said, we did the best with the resources we were given. And it was almost as if he was admitting that he was disappointed. He wasn't allowed to bring, you know, at least one game changer into his dressing room. That's certainly the, what I took from his comments. I think there was an element of frustration yeah. that maybe he felt the club could have pushed the boat out. And I know they have backed him brilliantly, but I think Stephen Gerrard was looking for more from the last window. Lots to come from Rangers. You feel in the coming weeks and months, uh, but they are in the League Cup semi-finals and they are top of the Premiership. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. It's Friday's Go Radio Football Show. Rob McLean, Davey Proven and Mark Guidi are here and uh, at your service chewing over all the big stories in Scottish football and looking ahead to the weekend action as well. Davey, you're on tomorrow, aren't you? On tomorrow, looking forward to it, yep. Just about you knew that you were on tomorrow there, wasn't it, when I asked you? <laughs> but uh, you came back with the right answer, which is, which is good. So we are covering uh, the action tomorrow, which includes Dundee against Rangers. Celtic, of course, played Dundee United on Sunday. News today that uh, Dundee striker Lee Griffiths has been charged uh, by Police Scotland in relation to what they say is culpable and reckless conduct after apparently kicking a flare into a stand of fans. The incident happened... In the League Cup quarter final, uh, the defeat by St Johnston, that was on Wednesday. The on-loan Celtic striker apologised on Thursday and he was charged uh, this morning after he arrived for training. Uh, news of Callum McGregor today, just in case you weren't with us. At the top of the show, Callum McGregor uh, says his new five-year deal provides vital stability for Celtic under Ange Postacoglu. He's an academy graduate, McGregor. He was already contracted until 2024 and he's proud to prolong his stay further. He will now be with the club till 2026 and he's the captain. That was a, that was a big factor in it as well. You know, we, we sat down with the club and you know had some good discussions, some positive discussions and, and where we see the club going, um, you know, some, some big seasons ahead and in terms of where we can take the club back to um, and, and being involved in that on a daily basis. And then, you know, my job is to is to steer the team in the, in the right direction and, and get us there on the pitch. So, you know, it was a real um, collective effort and 
and like you said, that's one of the reasons that you know I've uh, I've signed the contract. You know, in, in terms of long term ambition, and, and like I said, that's my job to to try and fulfil that. I like listening to Callum. Mm-hmm. I like listening to Ange Postecoglou as well. That would have been a good discussion between the two of them. And amid all sorts of questions about what's not happening at Celtic behind the scenes and all these roles that yeah. haven't yet been filled, uh, that's a good partnership, isn't it, Davy? Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because when Brendan Rodgers came into the club, first thing he did was invite Scott Brown down to London um, for a chat and... You know, I, I think Brendan Rodgers basically put his arm around Scott Brown and said, you're my leader. And I was a bond for him then. And I think Postacoglu is trying to do the same thing with Callum McGregor. And I can see why, particularly given the, you know, the current situation at Celtic where he's, he's almost trying to put a jigsaw together of so many different parts. And he's got to get the central part right first and that's Callum McGregor as captain. And you want him back in that team badly, don't you? He's not going to be playing this weekend by the sounds of it, Mark. But you want him back, you want Kyogo back, you want James Forrest back in yeah. the side. And then you're talking a pretty good Celtic side. Well, yeah, then then you know that's when you know Postacoglu will will be judged, you know, properly when he's when he's got his top players back. Um and you know, looking beyond the the the, the next Celtic game or the game after that, for Steve Clark for Scotland, you see Cal McGregor, it's going to be vital that yep. game against Israel. You get the right result against Israel. I think it's in a way to is it, is it Moldova next or the Pharaohs, whatever it is. Um, it's the Pharaohs, after, after yeah. that, so you know it's massive because I said I think Cal McGregor was the best player on the pitch in Austria and they won the win um, at the Ernst Tappel Stadium in Vienna. Um, but uh, get back to what David Province saying there about um, Brendan Rodgers with Scott Brown. If you look at what Scott Brown was like the previous season um, when Brendan Rodgers picked him up bearing in mind Celtic had lost a semi-final to a championship Rangers side at that time Matt Warburton's team um, it would have been easy for Brendan or easier for Brendan Rodgers just to say he's finished he's certainly not my captain moving forward I need, I need to go and get a new heartbeat of the team but he didn't you know he's obviously he got his research done walked in and put an arm around the Scott Brown and look at Scott Brown I think he was probably the most consistent player in Scotland for two years after that he was absolutely yeah. phenomenal the standard and not just in terms of his play but the way he drove the team on you know he really drove it on for Brendan Rodgers you look at Callum McGregor last season he wasn't on it last season like most Celtic players like the, the football club as a whole actually mm-hmm. but look at him now and I know it's only 8-9 games out of the season but he's been brilliant he's probably contributed more in 8-9 or nine games this season than he did in 40 last season and the good thing for Ange Postecoglou and Callum McGregor is Ange Postecoglou has chosen Callum McGregor as his captain now he would have had other options or he could have signed a captain given it to Kyogo or, or given it to, to Vickers or, or whoever Joe Hart mm-hmm. but he's made Callum McGregor as his captain I think uh, Postecoglou strikes me as a type of guy as well be very good at man management putting his arm round him making him feel wanted come in and have, I'm in the office have a cup of tea let's sit down let's chat he strikes me as being that type and Callum McGregor clearly as a footballer and as a leader now has really warmed to, to what he's getting from his manager I think, I think he's also got a connection with the supporters Mark which is important as well mm-hmm. you know was he not a ball boy with the club I, could I think it think he was out the same mould as Cairn Tierney ball boys at the club yeah. Callum was at the club from knee high mm-hmm. um, and has come through and I think the supporters identify with with one of their own uh, and I, I think that's another reason why McGregor is the obvious choice to, to be captain of Celtic I know a lot of you know big big um, 
expensive signings come in from the continent, but they maybe don't have the feeling for the club, understanding of the club that Callum McGregor would certainly have. Yeah, the fans certainly relate to him, uh, identify with him, and they want him back in the team as soon as possible. He's an impressive character and he's an impressive player as well. He's on the he's on that very lengthy injury list at the moment, and uh, Celtic added uh, Georgios Jakumakis to it last night, even before they've seen him play. Uh, Jota was injured in the course of the League Cup quarter-final last night against Wraith Rovers, the Portuguese winger. But Celtic had used all their subs at that stage and Anne just said, you better stay on. Yeah, no, I think he's OK. Yeah, I'd love to take him off, mate. But like I said, I had four full-backs and three centre-halves at the end. I would have to put another centre-half, which would go against every ethos of attacking football I have. So I told him just to stand up there and, and do the best he can. There you go, Davey. Old school. Uh, you might be injured, but you're not coming off. Yeah, just get on I, with it. I like that. Yeah, I, I do like that. Um, too, too many snowflakes now um, in, the, in the game for me. And that, that's that's old school, you're right. So uh, Jota stayed on the pitch. Celtic got that fairly comfortable win. Um, but there are so <laughs> many players. Why are you laughing? Oh, no, it's true. It's, it's so true. When you're thinking back, you know, even just... A decade ago, 20, 30 years ago, what, come, I'm not coming off. You wouldn't, you wouldn't dare ask to come mm. off, would you? Oh, <laughs> even if, no, actually, you must have, you must have been leathered up and down that right, right wing mm. so many times. Imagine you turned around to Billy McNeil or Davy Hayes, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> to come off. You know? Did you? Do, can you remember moments like that, Davy, where you, where you would quite like to come off? I you played know? against Dougie Rugby for most of my career. Right. right okay. <laughs> right. Okay. That answers the question. Yeah. Some of our younger listeners might know what not, not know what that entails, but it probably entails a big, tall fullback gnawing at your ankles. Yeah, and, and oh no, not gnawing at my ankles. Um, <laughs> trying to break my leg most of the time. And by the way, you think back then as well. First one was a free hit. Oh, yeah, yeah. But for the centre half of the full backs, strike centre forward or winger, the first one, regardless, yeah. first Sorry. one was always a free hit. Oh, right. listen, they were allowed three serious assaults before the referee would pay any attention. As <laughs> Gordon Strachan said, Gordon Strachan's right, he said the game when he was playing was absolutely brutal. And that's one of the things that I really like about the modern game. They've taken all the, the hammer throws out, you know, they're, they're, they're obsolete now. You know, the hatchet men, they've gone. Yeah. And that, that is a great thing for football. Ange Postacoglu talking today at his media conference and talking about how deeply he is digging into his squad uh, and the players that he's he's pitching in. Montgomery's 19. He's, you know, we're playing him in, here, there and everywhere. Scales debut tonight. I mean, we're, we're either debuting or giving first games to people every game. Uh, we're dipping into as much of the well as we possibly can. Like I say, it's just, it's. I've been through too many periods like this in my career where it's so challenging uh, with with what's happening uh, off the field in terms of injuries and disruptions, but it is what it is, mate. And, and you know what our supporters want to know is that we come here out Sunday and we, we give everything, get a result, and and, um, and and just get on with it. When I first heard that clip, Davy, I thought he said Montgomery's not a teen at the top, of it. and I thought, no, he's still nineteen, yeah. but he's not a ten. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying he's not a ten, and, but he's but he's for, forced to play players out of position at the moment just to to make do. He's he's playing. Kids who are not ready as well, um, and that's da- that can be dangerous, can't it? Uh, yeah, it can. It, it, it can. It, it sounds remarkably philosophical about it there, but you know, he's, he's, a, he's a realist. He's good. He, he doesn't throw any bull around, does he? He no. just he, he gets to it. And I've, I've only seen Montgomery a few times, Davy, but I like the look of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think of that left back role. Um, you know, he, I think he's the closest thing that Celtic have had to Kieran Tierney. I'm not saying he's Kieran Tierney, 
but he's the closest thing they've had. I he's think got he's a got great that left drive. Foot, he has, he? lovely. And he's one of those ones I always say that Celtic, do they have the best player they can possibly get in, in every position? At the moment, they're, they're way short of that. I've been, you know, a championship winning starting 11. But I think for a guy such as Montgomery, um, I would give him a chance. He's raw and he'll make mistakes and all that, but um, I would give him a chance to go and have a run at the team and, and, and make that position his own. Here's Stephen Gerrard talking about player contracts. Of course, uh, just a couple of days ago, it was confirmed that uh, Glenn Kamara had had his deal extended. Uh, we've been talking about that one uh, for a long time. As the manager of this club, you have to respect um, where people are at. Um, I'm not going to be a manager who um, forces people to do something that they're not ready to do. Um, All we can do is, if we want to keep players, make them uh, respectable offers. Um, and hope that they're on the same page and, and they agree with that. Um, I tend to leave Ross Wilson to do his job and um, you know the players' representations. Once we agree that we want to extend the deal or we want to keep a player, I say to Ross, over to you, and Ross um, you know, does his magic. That, that's as simple as it is. Um, I was always confident with Glenn Kamara because I feel this is the right place for Glenn. I still think... Glenn can go again. I think there's more to come from Glenn. I think he's happy. He, he's been smiling around the place. He's in great form. Um, the noises that were coming out of, of the stable, even though it was a patient one, Glenn has always uh, made it clear that he's happy here. Uh, Rangers has been good for Glenn. Uh, Glenn's been good for Rangers. So it's a really strong relationship. Um, but sometimes as a manager, you've just got to be patient and, and let, let it run its course. And, and that's what's happened here. But I had confidence we could get there in the end. That sounds like a, a pretty good behind-the-scenes relationship between Stephen Gerrard and Ross Wilson, doesn't it? The, the way they do their business, it, it all seems to be very cut and dried, maybe unlike Celtic at the moment, where yeah. I think Ange Postacoglu is, is playing a big part in recruitment uh, and maybe in yeah. straying into areas that he's happy to stray into at the moment because there's nobody else yeah, to, to do it. But ideally, you, you'd want that type of... Uh, Wilson Gerrard relationship at Celtic. Yeah, I mean, you you wonder why Celtic, you know, haven't managed to appoint a, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, a recruitment head already. I mean, they've had plenty of time to to look at it, um, and you know, Ange Postecoglou should be sitting now with a head of recruitment looking at January. That's what he should be doing right now, and I'm not sure who is scouting for Celtic at the moment, who is recommending players. You know, short of short of agents pitching, pitching and trying to sell their players to Celtic, I'm I'm not sure who's in charge there just now. You do get the feeling Ange Postecoglou is digging into his own contacts book and and has been in the last few weeks. I mean that that's clearly where the the Kyogo signing yeah. came from, and maybe more of the same to come in January. Ah, listen, if that's the case, there's nothing wrong with that. No, nope. but, but what he needs is is help. There's nothing wrong with a manager. I think that's the way it should be. It should be the manager's goals. His jobs on the line. So you know, you know whether it's scouts recommending, agents recommending, or his own knowledge, then it should be his call um, who comes in. Um, and Kyogo, he's called it absolutely right. So we can tell that's one thing that's not in doubt. He knows a player, um, and if he's maybe allowed to to, to pat, tap into one or two other players that he might know is available, and then if he's working in tandem with the scouting department, whatever the, the new structure is going to be um, going forward, um, then you know you. You wait and see, but they need more quality. And and I know I'm stating the obvious, but they need Kyogo back very, very quickly, Rob. Um, you know, if it's if this takes any longer, um, then Celtic might be playing catch up and it might just be too much for them, you know, come November, 
time uh, or whatever and then in January they have to go and find another quality um, player or two they need to, need to do they need Jackie Marcus to step up to it quickly yeah. um, and now if he doesn't show it um, a Yeti I just don't think it's going to happen uh, for a Yeti so Kyogo we know has got it it's just about him getting back fit Jackie Marcus but, I mean, we think he's got it but he needs to show it and where, and if he, where, if does he does Mar- where does Jack and Marcus play if everyone's fit let's say everyone's fit where, where does he play or does he play well, because at the, the moment Postacoglu is playing with two wide players one centre forward isn't he Kyogo's your striker and Abad or have you you get four or, or Jota um, but yeah you've got uh, Kyogo you'd imagine if he's fit he's a nailed on number nine Jack and Marcus is he back up or does he, he see some kind of area? partnership can he play together? off the wide area um, he was a top. I mean, le, le, he was the top scorer in the Eredivisie last yeah, season, yeah. playing for the team that got relegated. You know, so he's got goals about him. You know, you, you don't want yeah. him. On, you don't want that on the bench. Yeah, I, I like I like Celtic to play with two strikers, Rob. Yeah, um, and maybe that's where he goes because he I, has I hope to. He does. I, ho- I hope he does. I, li- I like to see two strikers in the Celtic side. Yeah. And the season before last, Celtic won the title because Neil Lennon came back from the winter break and decided he was going to go with three at the back that would allow him two strikers and Celtic burned Rangers off in the home straight yeah. and I'd like to see him go with two strikers and I think the, the reality is that, that Kyogo's going to be back before Jack and Mike if he's got a calf injury Davey um, you, you, in the warm up last night Kyogo could be back before he's ready yeah yeah but I, I think calf injuries are a bit like hamstrings they, they, they take time and you can't take a chance by coming back too early I think Jack and Marcus could be out for three four weeks but you know what it's a real it's a, it's a strange one and I bit a player getting injured in the warm-up during, during the game. I, I, I've never heard of that. No. I've heard of players getting injured in a warm-up at half two. Mm-hmm. But never at 20 past three. Mm. Or, or whatever it was last night, you know, 10 past eight. Mm. Just really unheard of. That, 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 that's, I thought, well, wait a minute, what's, what's going on with, it, with this fella? You it, know, when, when, when you're getting injured in a warm-up while the, while the game's going And it's a shame because he's not had a chance to go and show what, what he can do. But, um, you know... It, you know, it's, it's got to be better than that. Celtic play Dundee United on Sunday. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. 15 minutes to go on the Go Radio Football Show. Back tomorrow at two o'clock. Uh, Davey here and Craig Moore with Paul uh, talking you through the B the... team. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I wasn't even, even sure if it was as high as B, to be honest, but uh, uh, they do qualify as backup, I would say, Mark. Yeah, definitely. Um, and in terms of the games tomorrow, they are going to be talking about it is Dundee Rangers at Dens, it's Hearts Livingston, and it's Motherwell against Ross County. Here's Stephen Gerrard speaking uh, about that game for his team tomorrow. Well, there's a big three points at stake. Yeah, that's the main focus for us. Um, Obviously, Dundee have come up um, after last season and um, just finding the feet in the league, if you like. But we, we understand it'll be a tough game. I think last time we went here, we, we dropped a couple of points. So um, we know every away game in this league can be a different challenge, a different type of challenge. So it's one we need to be ready for. Um, but we go in feeling good about ourselves after after reaching the, the semi-final in midweek. We both watched Dundee, Mark, uh, on Wednesday night, losing yeah. to St. Johnston uh, in the League Cup. They're, they haven't won in the league so far this season. They haven't scored a goal in their last four games. Yeah, it's worrying for, for James uh, McPake. He was a good young manager. Um, but there's clearly, you know, um, a concern a lot. You know, they played well the other night, certainly in the first half, Rob. Mm. As you know, Zander Klatz had to pull off a couple of saves um, in terms of football, just on football. I thought Lee Griffiths looked sharp 
for 45 minutes you know reading the game well anticipating um, things um, but yeah scoring goals or lack of goals is a problem um, but they have they, you know they've got a couple of good players but they're just they look a wee bit low in confidence if they don't get that first goal you know I think like tomorrow to have any chance they need to get the first goal to make a, a game I think they're missing Charlie Adam as well Charlie's experience oh, yeah. in the middle of the park just pulling the strings just producing that A-list pass um, when they need it you know for, for McMullen or, or, or a Griffiths or a, a Cummings whoever it may be um, so Rangers will get into that game tomorrow strong strong um, favourites of course the last time Rangers were in Dundee albeit at Tannadice you know they struggled didn't yeah. play well lost the game so um, Stephen Gerrard will be looking for his players to be on the front foot to build on, on Wednesday night and get the first goal as quickly as possible and try and put the, the game to bed because as well possibly one eye on on Thursday you know an important European game um, going away to Prague so you know if he's got an opportunity to take one or two off um, and leave them for, for Thursday night that'll be on his mind too and the last time Rangers were at Dens, uh, they dropped points as well. It was a one-all draw, but it was three years ago and a lot has changed uh, between now and then. Speaking to Charlie Adam the other night, um, I don't think he's going to be back anytime soon for Dundee. He certainly won't be around for them tomorrow. It is a big blow. Um, there are certain things we won't be talking about regarding Lee Griffiths, as, as Mark said, but he, he might be just he might be facing a, a ban in terms of uh, yeah. football punishment uh, for what happened the other night, Davey. So... There are all sorts of reasons for thinking he will want to be making a big impact for Dundee yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, and, and you know, it's the type of game that Lee Griffiths will relish. You know, Rangers, um, it's a big stage. All the attention is going to be in that game. And, you know, more often than not, it brings the best out in Lee Griffiths. And I'm, 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 I'm a big Lee Griffiths fan. I, I know he doesn't deserve another chance at Celtic, but at 31... Um, if he can get himself fit, you know, there's got to be a few years left in, in Lee Griffiths. He's, he's got the most extraordinary finishing ability. And I hope, I hope he doesn't waste what time he's got left and, and disappears out of the game, you know, before he, before he should. Um, you know, he needs a wake-up call, I know that. I just, I just hope he gets one and he takes it. I, wonder I, think, if... I think that's his problem, though. He's had wake-up calls, yeah, David. And, yeah. and you said there, if he gets himself fit, well, probably all of us in the media, and I'm sure people at Celtic Park, I've been saying that to him for two years. Mm. Get yourself fit. Get yourself fit. I mean, you, when you look at it, and he admitted it himself. He Ronnie was a Dyla, disgrace. Can, when, can when, I start when, when by Ronnie Dyla yeah. criticised his fitness, said you've yeah. got to be a 24-hour athlete, yeah. and he's not. Yeah, I mean, Celtic won nine in a row, coming back from one of the biggest seasons in the club history, albeit there was COVID going on and it was interrupted and players, everybody in life's walking in eggshells. Um, but he admitted himself he was a disgrace. It, it, I don't know, half a stone, 10 pounds. Mm. Overweight, he came back. You think, come on, what, what are yeah. you, what are you doing? Because he is so talented. Yeah, he is so talented, and he's got so much, or he should have so much to offer. You know, another talented player on Dundee's books is Jason Cummings, who wasn't available for them uh, the other night. Illness was the the reason given that he wasn't in the squad uh, for the League Cup quarter final. I wonder if he'll be available tomorrow because in a team that struggles to score goals, he's got five so far this season. Yeah, I mean, he again, you know, when Jason Cummins fancies it, when he focuses fully on football, he's a quality player. He had a loan spell um, at Rangers as well uh, a couple of years ago. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it's one of it's just James McPake on pavement and D of a lot of good players, a lot of talent there, but it's just getting it to gel together and, and knit it together. And like I say, going with a record. The past few games, Rob, they need to score first to have a yeah. chance tomorrow. Yeah, and and their problem might be 
that tone in Stephen Gerrard's voice that we've heard already in the show, that feeling that Rangers are slowly starting to turn the corner. Yeah, you'd fancy Rangers strongly tomorrow. You'd always back the team with the better players and there's not a Dundee player who'd get in the, the, the Rangers side. So if Rangers play, they'll win the game. As Mark says, if Dundee can get the first goal, give themselves something to hold on to, get a foothold in the game, they've, they've got a chance. But they've got to ask the question of Rangers and that is usually only done by getting the first goal. Let's have a quick word about some of the other weekend games coming up then. Tomorrow um, at Fir Park, it's Motherwell against Ross County. Signs of uh, uh, Ross County starting to come together. They had a good draw with Hearts, Mark, uh, the other weekend. Uh, but Motherwell uh, have had an amazing start to the season. I was at the, the Motherwell-Aberdeen game a mm -hmm. couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I looked at the team sheet and I thought, wow, so yeah. many so many names that I'd never heard of You know, yeah. that had come into the squad. And yeah. I thought, this is going to be really difficult for them. They're coming together. Yeah, they, they, they are. And you think, you know, six weeks ago at Dens Park, the Motherwell fans calling for, for Graham Alexander. Um, you know, really not having him at, at that stage. But yeah, he's turned it around. There's patience there. You know, I, I, again, you look at you know, getting Liam Kelly, I think it's a quality goalkeeper for any club to do well. And early, you've got to have a good goalkeeper. And they've got one um, in Liam Kelly. Um, Tony Watt, I think, has been, been, been good for them. Yep. You know, and I, and I think Tony Watt, when we're talking about players, we potential what they can do if, if he can really put a run together he's got so much talent Rob and there's, Tony Watt should be aiming to be in Steve Clark's squad sooner rather than later that should be a target of his mm. he's only it's funny, Mark, you like just that, you mentioned know? three players there Tony Watt Jason Cummings Lee Griffiths yeah. have any of them really realised their, their, their full potential mm -hmm. you could argue Lee Griffiths did for, a, for quite a few seasons but mm -hmm. a, 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 appears at the moment to be frittering away what's left of his career. Jason Cummings, for me, has never realised his potential. No, no. Um, and, and Tony Watt, certainly not. You know, had the world at his feet. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know what it is about some of the Scottish boys. You know, we're talking about Stephen Gerrard's reference to Yanis Hadji mm -hmm. and how dedicated he is. Mm -hmm. And I just wish more of the Scottish boys were the same. Yep. Hearts um, against Livingston tomorrow at Tyne Castle. Um, Hearts are in a good place at the moment along with Hibs. Just looking at the table, Davy Rangers 13, uh, Hibs and Hearts are on 12, both of them still unbeaten. Um, maybe Hearts, I don't know, are there question marks about the depth of the squad there? Because they can put out a really good starting 11. Yeah, I mean, the, the worry for Hearts would be that Liam Boyce gets injured. I just think Jack Ross looks as if he's building a proper team. You know, the Hibs maybe weren't a flash in the pan last season. I think Jack Ross knows what he's doing there. He's got great backing from Ron Gordon, who, who could have flogged two of his top players in the yep. last window. Held on to them, got third place. I think Jack Ross has taken Hibs in the, the right direction. And it, it's not before time because we need the two Edinburgh clubs to, yeah. you know, to, to, to start proving they are proper capital city clubs. Another major plus for Hibs, Mark. Uh, they've, they've got the goals of, of Martin Boyle, nine for the season last night, one for Australia as well. Kevin Nisbet, we always know, is going to score goals. In for the start last night came Scott Allen. He was mm -hmm. superb, made the first goal, scored yeah. the second one. Yeah, good for him. He's been, obviously been through a tough time uh, with with health issues. Um, he's had to get himself you know, mentally back on it as well, knowing that, that Hibs were willing to, uh, to let him go at the end of the window there. Um, so... Uh, on that, good to see him bounce back. Because again, you know, there's another one. What a talented football! You yeah. think of him as a kid uh, at Dundee United. You know, rated one of the best prospects in, in the country in a long, long time. I think it was Roy Hodgson took him to West Brom. Mm. And he had a few moves. Now really happened. Um, come back up the road. Celtic and Rangers both chasing him. 
ended up going um, to Celtic but for whatever reason just never happened I, mean, I, I don't know how many starts he had but hardly um, any so it's good for him because he is a quality player he's a, such an intelligent um, footballer and can be a big asset uh, to Hibs Celtic against Dundee United on Sunday do Celtic have enough to to get that result you, you would generally back them at home in a game against Dundee United but all those VIPs missing including Callum McGregor yeah, yeah. Celtic look vulnerable at the moment in the absence of some other better players um, and, and Dundee United will go there thinking that you know it's a free hit they, they can have a go at Celtic um, and Celtic will certainly have to be much more imaginative than they were at the Tony Macaroni uh, desperately poor last Sunday they have to do better Hibs against St Johnson is going to be a good one Mark because uh, that's half of the semi-final lineup for the League Cup yeah it'll be good you know I think both teams um, are at it um, just now St Johnson last three times against Hibs 1-0 victories every time last time Easter Road in the League Cup final so you know it's one for Hibs where they'll desperately want to get the first goal to see what they can do but for Johnson, St Johnson they've got that feel if we can score first maybe they do have a wee bit of a sign um, over um, Hibernian but um, as I said uh, I think it'll be a really entertaining uh, game really looking forward to that one We've spoken already about St Mirren against Aberdeen. Uh, maybe not a great place for the Dons to be going, looking for their first win in eight matches. Yes, you look at the table and you say um, St Mirren haven't won in the league so far this season. They've drawn four out of six. Um, but you just feel with them that there's a, there's a decent bit of quality about that. The likes of Jimmy McGrath and that team, yeah. there's, there is quality. Um, and that could be a problem for Aberdeen uh, on Sunday. Well, I, I think someone would feel they're getting Aberdeen at the, the right time. Aberdeen look really fragile just now. And given their, their schedule next month where they, they play the two Edinburgh clubs in the old firm, Aberdeen really have to take something for, from this game. But the way they're looking at the moment, I mean, you wouldn't put money on them. So the Sunday Premiership game St Mirren against Aberdeen and Paisley Celtic against two, against Dundee United Hibs play St Johnston and the lineup tomorrow uh, three Premiership matches uh, tomorrow uh, Dundee against Rangers Hearts against Livingston Motherwell against Ross County Thanks Mark and thanks Davey and Davey is back with Paul and with Craig Moore tomorrow on the Good Radio Football Show live at 2 the Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from 5.